State Senator Jessica Ramos, who will welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? Hi. How are you? Thanks for joining us here on WBAI. Um, we uh, want to get into all the things you're doing as a state senator in Albany, but since we're just taking a couple minutes on the question of Bill de Blasio for president uh, and whether he will run and what his message would be, I guess we'll ask you, City Hall veteran Jessica Ramos, now state senator, do you think the mayor should throw his hat in the ring and run for president? I, th- I think anyone who, you know feels they want to run should be able to run. I think that's the beauty of America. And ultimately, we have a democratic process that allows for all Americans to choose who ends up being our candidate, right? Um, or I should say as Democrats. Um, so that's, that. I, th- I think I trust the process, the electoral process, and hopefully we're going to choose the best candidate who will oust the current president. Senator, are you considering a run for president? We might as well ask. I am most definitely not running for president. Okay, we can cross, All right, cross we'll, that we'll, off. We'll leave that. All right, so State Senator Jessica Ramos uh, representing parts of, of Queens. We have a very Queens-heavy show today, um, as I noted at the top of the show. Give us your assessment. You you were elected last year. You went to Albany as an elected official starting in January. You've got now uh, three months plus under your belt and a new state budget and and the legislative process that unfolded before that and in that budget. Um, your assessment of sort of what you and the new Democratic majority in the state Senate were able to get done and not get done, um, you know, what are some of the highlights that stand out to you right now? Yeah, I, I have to say that it's been quite an experience, um, you know, in, in my new job these first few, four months or less. Um, and one with many lessons learned. Um, I think that we've been a very productive majority in passing lots of reforms from the start of the session, right? We, I think we've demonstrated that we understand the urgency um, in many different needs for New Yorkers and that we are willing to roll up our sleeves and do the work um, that, that will end up uh, resulting in in lots of positive, uh, progressive legislation that we need. That's why we've been working through the backlog so long um, and so well. Um, The budget process was quite eye-opening for me because even though I wasn't, you know, exactly foreign to the process, it's much much different, of course, being in the sauce. Um, And I I think one of the, the biggest lessons that I learned was just how much power the executive branch has in this process. And I have to say that, you know, as, as a public school mom, I was particularly hurt um, when it came to foundation aid. Of course, you, you this is something that you guys have heard me talk about before. It's something I talked about on the campaign trail a lot. Um, but to me, when, you know, both uh, leaders of both houses um, have allocated funding for foundation aid in each of the one house budgets, I don't understand how in a three-way agreement, you know, the the executive branch essentially gets to pick up their ball and go home so nobody else can play. Um, And we ended up with the same amount of money 
um, that that had been allocated last year for Foundation Aid, which was six hundred and eighteen million dollars, essentially half of of what what we had allocated in the one house budget, and that's something that we're going to continue to fight for. Um, we want to ensure that there is equity in education, um, and that we are fighting for public education in New York. Talk about the power dynamics, actually, that you, you kind of reference, which is, you know, the the state Senate and the Assembly and the governor, the question of balance of power and also their working relationship. I mean, in the middle of this budget process, we had the Amazon uh, blow up, which obviously did strain relations between the governor and certainly some members of the Democratic Senate majority. Thinking about January versus now, um, are Democrats and the legislature and the governor uh, closer or farther apart as working partners? And do you think that the Senate and Assembly gained some power uh, vis-a-vis the governor in this process by virtue of being united as Democrats? Or did the governor end up wielding more power in this year's budget than in the past because uh, of his ability to control the process? Well, look, it's my first budget, and I would argue that the latter is true, Jared, um, that that essentially he does hold a lot of the bargaining chips and has mastered how to leverage one policy idea versus another. And we saw it when he said that, you know, I think it was congestion pricing, bail reform. um, I think at one point it was public financing, things that just had to had to to be in the budget. Property tax Um, cap. Property tax cap is another one. Um, and so I think that we do have a lot of reform when it need, that's needed when it comes to the budget process in general um, that will hopefully lend itself to a lot more transparency and, and, and also, I think, a lot, um, a lot more uplifting of the legislators' voices. I, I think that, you know, people... Well, I think that the, the changes that we're starting to see in, in the political and electoral arenas is one that is fed by people who have um, a deep interest in seeing a much more transparent government. And so if they are electing their representatives, well, then that representative democracy is one that should be respected. I mean, to me, going back to the example of foundation aid, it means that if the majority of of assembly members and the majority of state senators wanted to see foundation aid happen, and we didn't see it happen. So um, that, mm-hmm. that, to me, is, is a symbol of a, of a larger problem at hand. Anything else that, um, and you know, we should say uh, it was, as you said, uh, extremely productive, whether people agree with the policies or, or not. Um, and I think most New Yorkers polls show do. It's a heavily Democratic state, obviously, and the and the Democrats in charge in Albany took it in the direction that folks promised in these past elections when the governor got reelected by a wide margin and the, and the Senate flipped to Democrats and the Assembly held on to their majority. And you guys really did get quite a bit done um, in the first few months. It's, it's kind of interesting that because of some of the high profile squabbles and some of the the big issues that didn't necessarily get resolved, you know, that there's a little bit of an overshadowing of how much did get done from, you know, right at the beginning um, through the budget. But um, all that said, um, was there any other than the foundation aid issue? Is there one or two other things that didn't get done that you're you're particularly disappointed about and looking to make amends moving forward? Yes, I, I, I am a huge supporter of the Pieta Terra tax. 
I largely think that many corporations and rich people in general, the richest among us, don't pay their fair share in taxes. And it's why we have been in such a deficit when it comes to the MTA, when it comes to public education, when it comes to so many other things that really matter to everyday New Yorkers, um, and and especially in terms of our own quality of life. So I I am looking to, to continue my advocacy um, to ensure that people pay their fair share. Um, again, I think that the Peter Care Tax, the driver's licenses for all measure, which is often called green light, right? New green light in New York. Those are all real revenue generators that would help people um, and would contribute to the state's coffers in updating our infrastructure um, as, as, as needed. And marijuana legalization probably fits that category marijuana as well. Or? Mm. Another one. Do, um, do you think I that's going to happen, by the way? Um, I hope so. I, I think that it seems we're very clear and we're all in agreement that um, it needs to be done in a way that there's an expungement of records. Um, but it, I mean, what we're doing is essentially creating a brand new industry. So I do want to make sure that we get it right, right, that we're that we're allowing for points of entry for those who have been the hardest hit by the war on drugs um, and that we're doing it in a way that doesn't doesn't completely uh, help um, big corporations um, within that industry. It's also, in, in thinking about marijuana legalization, why I think passing my farm workers bill is so important. I mean, we're going to see more hemp farms, more marijuana farms um, across the state, especially in the Utica region, and we need to ensure that those workers are respected. You're listening to Max and Murphy on WBAI. We're speaking with Senator Jessica Ramos of Queens. If you want to call in and ask a question, it's 212-209-2877. Senator, the budget was uh, so multifaceted, so many interesting policies uh, roped in there, but still so much left to do. You've mentioned a few things already. The biggest ticket item, I think, for many people is rent regulations, the question of whether they'll be changed, the question of whether they'll be expanded. What do you think the landscape on that issue, what does it look like? to you okay I, I, we are in an affordable housing crisis i think actually everybody is in agreement on that front um but for a very long time the laws have been rigged in favor of big landlords and you know i think there's been such a fantastic education campaign across the five boroughs by so many advocacy groups um, because of the crises and, and the evictions and, and displacement that has uh, arisen from uh, major capital improvements, which should be abolished, in my opinion, because of vacancy decontrol um, and, and so many other loopholes and laws that, that just really protect the landlord and not the tenant. Um, New York is becoming more and more unaffordable um, because of real estate speculation, because of wage stagnation, um, and, and so many other economic factors that I, I think that it, it's dire that on June 15th, or by June 15th rather, when these rent regulations expire, that we ensure we're pushing an agenda that includes um, you know, universal rent control, that repeals vacancy decontrol, um, that um, extends preferential rent to full tenancy, um, and that we're abolishing MCI so that people can, can continue to afford to live in our state. 
And just on that note, you you think the MCI program should be abolished completely? You don't think, um, as the governor has said, and, and uh, some Democrats in the legislature have said that it just needs to be modified that that uh, landlords and building owners can invest in the in the buildings and then uh, move some of those costs uh, onto tenants. The experiences of uh, my neighbors. Uh, for example, one of the big communities here in District 13 is Left Rack City, where we have um, a, a landlord that has routinely used MCIs as a means to drive up uh, the price of rent um, for people to feel it's unaffordable, get pushed out, and then, of course, hike up the rent um, to, to market rate um, and and. Uh, you're you're seeing the displacement of my neighbors nearly on a daily basis. It's not a system that works for tenants. And what we're trying to do is ensure that our rent regulations are protecting tenants and not landlords. Come back uh, for a moment to your farm workers' uh, rights bill. Um, I don't think you specifically sort of outlined the key tenants of that. What what would that include? And and who um, who's you know, who opposes uh, the bill? Yes, I, I didn't. And thank you so much for sure. asking, Ben. Um, but uh, so our farm workers bill is trying to get rid of essentially the last uh, Jim Crow era law on the books here in New York, which says that farm workers uh, don't have certain rights that every other worker has. And those are the right to collectively bargain, overtime pay, unemployment benefits, and things that we as individuals probably take for granted, which is uh, a day off from work. Farm workers you know, don't necessarily enjoy those benefits. There are many farmers uh, who are good employers and out of the goodness of their heart have been doing uh, one or more of those things. Um, but as we know, what's important here is to codify those rights and ensure that we're curtailing any wage theft or pay disparity that may be taking place. Um, I have now been in Wayne County. I was in Genesee County last week visiting uh, my my uh, my colleague Senator Ranzenhofer. We're going to be holding three more uh, three hearings outside of Albany for the very first time. Senator Metzger, who chairs the Agricultural Committee, will be co-chairing with me um, up in uh, around the Syracuse area, one in Hudson Valley, the third out in Suffolk County, um, so that we can hear, um, you know, from from the various stakeholders. I think there's a lot of concern around overtime pay, just because you know outside work, uh, of course, um, ends up being affected by inclement weather, um, and uh, you know you're working with certain time constraints because it's largely seasonal work, and those are all things that we're we're taking into consideration as we move the bill forward. But I was able to secure a 30-second co-sponsor. I'm sure that there are more of my colleagues out there who who uh, will vote for the bill. Um, so this is this is a real a real priority for me, um, and and I want to make sure it gets done this session. And 32 is the magic number for passing a bill through the 63 60, 63 state uh, seat state senate. Uh, we'll get you out of here on a final question state senator jessica ramos um on the on where policy meets politics and this is something that governor cuomo talks about quite a bit as i'm sure you know um how concerned are you as someone who's really pushing you know a a pretty 
left progressive agenda in the state Senate with the new majority. How concerned are you when you're pushing these measures like driver's licenses, like marijuana um, legalization? How concerned are you about some of the more moderate districts that Democrats need to hold in the Senate to keep a majority? How concerned are you about going too far? Um, you know, that that's that's been some of the concerns that have been raised by Governor Cuomo and others. You know, in in my own personal political philosophy, I think it's always really important to speak to every stakeholder, even if you disagree with them. And I put as an example me uh, accepting Senator Ramsenhofer's invitation to come meet, uh, you know, some berry farmers and vegetable growers up in Genesee County in his district. Um, He and I may you know, disagree on many different issues, but nevertheless, um, I'm, I'm not unwilling to have those perhaps difficult conversations for the sake of moving policy forward. And, and I think that that's true um, probably in every single case. We should ensure that we're talking to everybody um, and that we're having sincere conversations about these things um, so that we can do it in a way where as many people as possible can benefit from what we're trying to do. And I, I think that's actually what differentiates us as Democrats is that we're always trying to build a consensus um, and, and build coalitions and figure out ways to work collaboratively. Well, Senator Jessica Ramos of Queens, thank you so much for joining us. Went by very quickly. Last to talk about, but we hope to have you on again uh, soon to tell us more of what's going on in Albany. Can't wait. Thank you. And you're listening to Max and Murphy here on WBAI Radio, 99.5 FM and WBAI.org. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette with Jarrett Murphy of City Limits. We uh, just finished talking with State Senator Jessica Ramos of Queens. She updated us a little bit on her perspective on the things that did and did not get done in Albany in the first three months through the budget of this legislative year, and they are going to get back into action uh, in the next week or so, coming up in Albany with a pretty ambitious agenda for the session that runs through mid-June. She obviously has her priorities, and then, you know, I think that final question I tried to put to her, you know, it's very interesting where the more progressive members of the legislature, you know, where they see things fitting in with the larger picture of the politics of the state. And I thought, too, her broader point about uh, balance of power uh, in Albany, under statute, in, in practice, the fact that the governor still exercises vast power. There's a lot of question about how the different dynamics of this year with a Democratic-controlled Senate, not a Republican one that the governor has perhaps used as a foil, how that would change. And it, I think it remains to be seen exactly how that shakes out long term. But in the in the instant case, it does seem like the governor still wields a tremendous amount of power in that process. Yeah, not a surprise, but I, interesting to know. Not a surprise, although I think... Um, she seemed to indicate a little bit of surprise at the degree, especially given the new Democratic majority in the state Senate working with the ongoing majority in the assembly. You know, one of those first comments she she made was, wait, the assembly in the Senate agreed on certain numbers for education aid. And then it basically just wound up pretty close to what the governor wanted. How does that really work? So, um, you know, that's a comp. We didn't push her on this this time. But, you know, that's a question not only of the amount of power that sort of statute the governor wheels, but that's also a question around legislative leadership and where they push. And, and you know, it seems to have been that in Albany, the governor's more moderate to, to conservative fiscal approach 
won the day uh, and that and that her state Senate colleagues and leadership also were trying to play the long game in terms of being careful about some of those suburban seats. So um, the lessons of a new legislator in Albany is uh, always very interesting. And obviously, she's got her legislative agenda that that she's pushing. 